Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithRoy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithRoy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana, and today we are going to talk about a topic that is very significant and pretty deep um, and pretty challenging. And so I'm going to try to make this as an enjoyable of an experience as possible. So I've got a couple little extra things planned for you today to uh, maybe lighten the mood, maybe make a point, um, and perhaps make this whole issue become more memorable to you and, you know, a focal point of what you focus on in your life as you, you know, attempt to attract lasting love. Now, I want to start by saying that, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast called Three Subtle Forks in Your Relationship Road. You remember that? If you heard that one, if not, it was a pretty good one, if I must say so myself. <laughs> um, today's topic is sort of another another um, subtle fork in your road. There, there is another choice that um, that we need to pay attention to that can send your love life in a direction that you would like it to go or the choice can send your love life in a direction that I'm pretty sure you don't want it to go. But this subtle fork deserves its entire own podcast because it really is that significant. But like the other subtle forks in the road I talked about, it's one that a lot of people don't really talk about very much. Or if they do talk about it, they don't they don't talk about it from the perspective that I'm going to share here. And and as I go on, you're going to know more and understand more about what I'm talking about when I say that. So this podcast is titled The Scarcity Mindset. And the subtitle could be the silent killer of a single person's soul. Man, I got to tell you, if there is one thing that can really damage your heart and sabotage your love life and just kill your soul, it's having a scarcity mindset about your ability to find and attract and connect with, you know, a wonderful, available person. The conventional wisdom in the world is that it's really hard to find a partner, right? Uh, in fact, just for fun here, um, in my second book, Attracting Lasting Love, for which this podcast has been named after. Um, 
There's 30 chapters in that book. And the book is all about the barriers that can keep you from attracting lasting love. Like, you know that my whole philosophy is sort of captured by that quote from the ancient mystic poet Rumi. Remember, he said that your task is not to seek for love, but to seek instead to find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Okay, so his wisdom was that if there's not love in your life, if you're single and you don't want to be, you shouldn't be spending your energy on how do I find a partner? You should be spending your energy on what are the barriers, the unconscious barriers within me that are sabotaging my ability to attract lasting love or keeping me single, right? So Rumi flips it around from the conventional wisdom that we hear today, and it's always about where to go, how to approach, what to say, how to flirt, what to wear, how to, you know, how to write a good online profile, what pictures to put up. Like everything you hear in the dating world about how to find a partner is about your seeking them. And Rumi said, that ain't it. He said, you have barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Look for those. <laughs> Identify the unconscious commitments or beliefs or barriers or self-sabotaging behaviors that are going on inside of you because that is what is keeping you from a good relationship. It's not that you don't know where to go you know, on Saturday night or how to write a good profile or which online platform to use. That's not why you're single. You're single because you have some sort of barrier within you that you're not really aware of that's operating behind the scenes like the Wizard of Oz, right? It's behind the curtain, pulling the levers and turning the knobs and keeping you single, right? So I wrote a whole book on the seven barriers, the seven most common barriers that keep you single. If you haven't read that book, you probably should. Um, but this is not about selling a book. This is where I want to point you to the very first chapter in the book deals with scarcity. Okay. So of, of all the chapters in the book and all the attention I put on all the barriers that can be sabotaging you and keeping you single, the very first one I talk about is scarcity. And so let me just read to you how the chapter starts. I say this, the first and most important issue to address as we embark on the journey to consciously attracting lasting love is to ask ourselves, how do we view the world? Do we believe there's enough? Do we believe that there is sufficiency? Or do we believe in scarcity? Nothing will sabotage our ability to attract lasting love more than a scarcity mentality. Is there a shortage of quality available partners in the world? Or is there an abundance? I mean, which is it? 
Is it feast or famine? Scarcity or sufficiency? Unless we choose sufficiency over scarcity, we'll keep ourselves single because our beliefs create our reality. Now, end quote. That last sentence, I probably should have spent more time in this book. If I was going to write the book again, I would probably add another page or two to go more deeply into that last phrase, because our beliefs create our reality. Now, what I mean by that is not that if you, you know, believe that there really are not a sufficient amount of wonderful available partners for you, that that does become the actual truth, okay? What it means is when you believe that, that's sort of what you see. It becomes like your reality. It doesn't become the reality, right? All the great available men and women in the world don't just simply fall down dead if you believe that they don't exist. (laughs) No, they're there. But in your reality, they don't. Our beliefs create our reality. In other words, what you see is what you get. Now, think about that for a minute. What you see is what you get. Your view of the world gets confirmed because of something called confirmation bias. A couple of psychological principles come into play here. Confirmation bias is that when you have an assumption about something, when you believe something, if you have a belief about it, you begin to see evidence for it. The mind has a way of noticing things that sort of confirms its assumptions or its beliefs or its stories. I believe that. See, there's an example of it. And the mind, because it loves to be right, has a tendency to not notice evidence that's contrary to its beliefs. (laughs) Your mind is very selective. If you believe something, you're going to see things that confirm it, and you're just simply not going to notice, or you're going to downplay, or you're going to justify or make excuses for things that don't fit your mind's narrative. So our beliefs create our reality. So if we have a scarcity mindset, if I was to ask you, you know, do you think that there's an abundance or or a sufficient number of solid quality available people in the world for you as a partner? If you don't believe that, then you are going to create that reality. You're, you're going to start seeing evidence that there, there really is not enough for me, that there really is scarcity. But also, if you take a look at your viewpoint, the way you sort of see the world in this regard, if you shift to the belief, right, that's just all it is, It is based upon some reality, which I'll get to in a minute. But if your worldview is that there is sufficiency, there's enough for me, 
then you're going to see that reality. You're going to start to notice, wow, there's a lot of people that could be wonderful partners for me. So this mindset, and I've, I've rarely met a single person that doesn't suffer from the scarcity mindset. You know, in other words, this sort of gets to, like, I don't know if you've ever taken my relationship fitness self-assessment test on my website, coachingwithroy.com. If you haven't, you should. Um, you probably will get results back that indicate that you need to get in better relationship shape. So, I mean, don't be surprised if you take the relationship fitness test and it tells you that you you need to uh, get your relationship butt in better physical, I mean, better you know, relational condition. Okay. But if you have taken that test, you know, the first question, the first true false question on the relationship fitness self-assessment test is a, it's a true false thing. And all it says is, um, something like I am single because I just haven't met the right person yet. Okay. I mean, like, how would you answer that? Is that why you're single? Because you just haven't met the right person yet? Because that phrase, when you look underneath it, is exposing a scarcity or a sufficiency mindset. Now stick with me here. If you think that I'm single because, well, I mean, I just haven't met the right person yet. Well, do you see how in that is the idea that there isn't enough in the world. Because it, if there was an abundance or a sufficiency of people that could be great partners for you, well, then you wouldn't be single because you haven't met them because, well, let's do this. To, to get this perspective, why don't we invite the weather girls to give us a little bit of their perspective. Hi, hi. We're your weather girl. Uh-uh. And have we got news for you. You better listen. Get ready or your lonely girl. And leave those umbrellas at home. All right. It's rising. Mm. Rising. I'm just getting low. How low, girl? According to all sources. What sources now? The street's the place to we better go. So is that not a fun song or what? But do you agree with them? Is it raining men or women? You see, that song does not speak to a scarcity mentality. It's like, man, a one, wonderful partners are just falling out of the sky. 
In fact, they say in that line there that I, they're, they're falling out. I'm getting soaking wet with men <laughs> is what they're saying, right? So can we talk about this, this scarcity mentality? Um, I really want to impress upon you the dangers and how this can be the silent killer of, of your soul. And I say silent because, you know, we don't talk about this much. Scarcity assumes to be the truth. I said this earlier in the podcast. The conventional wisdom is that scarcity is true. I mean, people will tell you, they will just tell you, the, the statistics will share that after 40, finding a partner, the statistics show is just, you know, the very low chance of it, right? So most people don't even doubt scarcity. It's taken to be just the truth. There just are not, I mean, it's not raining men. Hallelujah. I mean, it's not raining women. Hallelujah. No, man. It's like trying to find a needle in a haystack. Well, if you hold that conventional wisdom and you don't look at it, if you don't notice your viewpoint, the way you see the world, that is going to create your reality and you're going to experience scarcity. Not because it's true, but because you're seeing it and kind of what you see is what you get. So let me walk you through there are six really nasty things that happen to you <laughs> when you when you are holding a scarcity belief. And I share these things with you not to shame you because I've held them all, right? Um, I still wrestle with a scarcity issue sometimes around finances or other things in my life. So Again, as I always say here, I am not speaking to you about these things as if I have transcended them completely in my life. No, I am like one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Okay? I'm just like you. I wrestle with all the same issues, you know, all the same things. I've just come across some perspectives and some ideas and some processes that can make a real difference in these areas, okay? And in regards to scarcity, I have. So let me walk you through the six dangers of a scarcity mindset. The first one, and they're all S words. Maybe you can remember them easier that way. I just like alliteration or, you know, so that's just me. <laughs> the first one is that you will be stuck, Again, our beliefs create reality, not the other way around. Reality does not create your beliefs. <laughs> the reality does not create your viewpoint. Your viewpoint creates what you think reality is. Right? The world is a projection of our minds. Right? Again, projection is another one of those psychological principles. We have something within us. And we project it into the world and then we see it out there. And yeah, I'm right. See, there is scarcity. <laughs> right? So the world is a projection of our minds. When we believe in scarcity, we experience scarcity. 
And when we experience scarcity, it then strengthens our belief in scarcity. On and on it goes. We end up stuck in an endless self-fulfilling loop. All right? The second danger of a scarcity mindset is that it will sour us. A scarcity mindset creates a dark negative energy in us, does it not? Oh, it's so hard to find someone. All the good ones are taken or gay, right? It creates kind of a, a sour mindset, a sour attitude, kind of a dark, kind of negative energy. It sours our mood, saps our aliveness, closes our hearts. And sour people aren't very fun to be around, nor do they get many dates, okay? But this is what a scarcity mindset does. It keeps you stuck because your beliefs create your reality. Secondly, it sours you, makes you unattractive. Three, a scarcity mindset will make you settle. Quite simply, if there is not an abundance or a sufficiency of quality available partners, we'll settle for what we can get. Right? But if we think it's reigning men or women, hey, we'll wait for the right one because there's plenty of right ones out there. And, you know, maybe we should talk for just a moment about the soulmate syndrome. Right? If there's a word that I think should be stricken from the English language, certainly from your life, it's this idea of a soulmate. Okay. Oh, I got to find my soulmate. I want to manifest my soulmate. Now, the reason I've got a problem with that word is because it is, it is pointing to the idea that there is one person out there. There's this one person who is going to be my soulmate. And I've got to find that particular person, right? So, Woven in the soulmate word is scarcity itself. Unless you want to say, the world is filled with my soulmates. Because that's the truth, if you want to see it that way. But when we talk about soulmates, right? It, we, are, we are describing something so particular. This one individual with these qualities... The, this background, this kind of person, you know, they, 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 it's, 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 it's pointing to a specific. And I'm just here to tell you that there's, there are, there's, there's an abundance of people that could be your soulmate. There's not just one out there that you've got to find out of 4 billion people. And that is what they mean by it. Your soulmate is a specific person. No, it ain't. You could be with dozens of people and make a great relationship and be as equally happy. The only person that could not find a person better for them would be my wife. Of course. I mean, she... <laughs> a little humor for you there. Really, I mean, my wife could be happy with a lot of men. Now, she's chosen to be with me. Who knows why? <laughs> I mean that both sarcastically and humorously and actually spiritually. Who knows why we choose what we choose? But, I mean, she's happy with me. I'm happy with her. But there are a lot of women in the world that I could be in a great relationship with. 
because the world's filled with wonderful people that are available for intimacy. That's how I see the world. How do you see the world? So that soulmate thing grates on my nerves because I think it points single people in the wrong direction. And I think it can be very depressing. Oh, you found your soulmate. How am I going to find my soulmate? God must not love me because you found your soulmate and I haven't. Right? So drop this idea of finding the one. Right? Even that phrase. Who, who's the one? Right? What do you mean the one? Doesn't that signify that there's only one if I'm going to have to find the one? Now, maybe the one has a meaning that they're my one. But I'm sort of getting at behind all of these world, these words, like what is our viewpoint? Is it raining men or isn't it? Is it raining women or isn't it? And I think the more that you open up, that the universe is filled with abundance, that there is enough for you the more that you're just going to not use those words. They, they won't fit your world viewpoint. Do you follow me? All right, so the dangers of scarcity. It'll keep you stuck because, you, you know, what you see is what you get. It'll sour your mood, make you unattractive. It, it may cause you to settle, take what you can get because, you know, it's so hard to find a partner, so I guess I'll settle for this. Fourth, it'll make you stay. If we believe in scarcity, then we're likely to stay in an unfulfilling, distant, or even an unhealthy relationship. Because we believe, you know, yeah, it's, I don't know if I can do better. Because there's such a scarcity out there, then, uh, you know, maybe I ought to stay here and make the best of it. Because, you know, because if I believe that there was a sufficiency... Well, then I wouldn't stay in an unhealthy relation. Why would I do that? But very often as we get older, well, man, once you're past 40, 50, my God, once you're past 60, oh my God, you cannot find someone. So you better make the best of it with that moron you're living with. Is that not the mentality that the world has? Do you see the mindset? Do you see how it, it'll, It'll kill your, it'll kill your soul. Okay. Fifth, the danger of scarcity is that make, it makes you seek the most unattractive energy you can carry in the dating scene is desperate energy, but scarcity will make you seek. Why? Well, because there are only a certain number of quality available partners and baby and I got to find them. Because there's so few of them, it can make you feel desperate. I, where are they? How do I find them? You know, it can make you turn into being very needy. And it, it can make you come on too strong, try too hard. Because it's so, once, if you do meet a decent person, oh my God, you, you can't let him go. You got to hook him up, right? You, 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 you got to connect with them. Because it might be years or decades before you can meet another person like them, right? So then it just makes you just the seeking energy, this clinging energy. And my God, that's going to drive anybody away. Can you relate to any of these? Right? I mean, 
One of the best ways to know if you have a scarcity mindset is, do you ever feel stuck? Do you kind of ever feel sour about the dating scene? Have you had a tendency to settle? Have perhaps you stayed in a relationship longer? Perhaps do you have a little bit of that seeking mindset, like a competitive mindset? Like there's only so there's only one trophy and we all got to have it, right? Isn't there a line from that Bruno Mars song <laughs> where he's describing himself that uh, something about he, he's, 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 he's got some carrot and they all, and you all got to share it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Bruno Mars. Uh, just an aside. I'm trying to make this interesting. Um, so anyway, you'll be stuck, sour, you'll settle, you'll stay, you'll seek. And then six, you will spend. Meaning perhaps the most dangerous thing a scarcity mentality does is it causes us to spend too much energy obsessing on external issues. Like how to find a partner where to go, what to say, is my online profile this, which one should I use, what do I wear, how do I flirt, I got to go online and get information, I got to learn about men, I need to go on one of these online summits and let people tell me about men, as if men can be described in that kind of general term. Well, I got to go online and, and I got I to learn from women that will tell me about what women like is if all women like the same thing and the same approach, right? But this is what we will do. We will obsess and we will spend enormous amounts of time and energy and effort and money because it's so hard to find an appropriate partner that you've, you've just got to, you've got to make it your life purpose. Everything in your life has to revolve around this goal, right? That's what a lot of people will tell you. And of course, Rumi would say, that's nonsense. The reason you're single is because you're blocking it. And you're probably blocking it to begin with, with a scarcity mentality. Because <laughs> what you see is what you get. Now, all right. So hopefully you see the importance of this. Maybe you can identify, okay, yeah, maybe I got some scarcity mentality. No shame in that. No, there's no shame in it at all. It probably makes perfect sense, given your background and your experiences, that you see the world the way you see it. But now we now we get into the difficult part of how do you change the way you see the world? <laughs> okay, now that's not easy, right? I'm not going to tell you that this is easy to do. It takes a little bit of work, right? It, it takes a little bit of effort. To change what appears to be reality to you. Because again, you believe there's scarcity and so you see lots of evidence for it. It does look like all the good ones are taken or gay. It does seem like I just haven't met the right person yet. And I haven't because there's so few of them out there that I just, you know, I haven't bumped into them yet. So people say it's a numbers game. Right? The numbers game is a scarcity mindset because what are they saying? Well, there's so few people out there. You just got to, you got to get your numbers up. You know, you got to meet a bunch of people. You got to go out and do a bunch of things. You got to be online. You know, you've just got to date a bunch of frogs. 
you know, you, you, it's just numbers and numbers and numbers because there's a needle in the haystack. And so you got to sift through a lot of hay and then maybe you're going to find your needle. So like it's a numbers game. Baloney, it's a numbers game. You're single because you're sabotaging yourself. That's where you should put your effort. Not how to find a partner, but how am I keeping myself single? And one of the ways, I mean, this whole podcast is devoted to that. There's like 88 episodes <laughs> at this point available to help you deal with this issue. But the major one is this scarcity thing. So, so I want to walk you through, I want to give you six pointers Maybe I don't want to call them steps, although you could think of them as six steps to growing beyond a scarcity mindset and beginning to see that there is sufficiency in the world for you. Because once you believe that there's enough for you, then you won't be stuck anymore because that belief is not going to create the reality. In fact, your belief in sufficiency will create sufficiency. You won't be sour anymore because there there really is a sufficient number of available partners for you. And you won't settle and you won't stay in a relationship longer than you should. And if there is sufficiency, you won't be seeking and getting needy and clingy and trying too hard because if this person doesn't work out, man, there's a lot of other people that I could be with. So I don't need to try so hard and come on so strong. And I don't need to spend so much time and energy and effort to find the one when there's plenty. I can just live my life. I can just do my thing. There's plenty of available people out there. Just be patient and just the world's full of them. Relax, right? So that's what would happen if you change this viewpoint. So, okay, so how do we do that now? These six are all S words too. <laughs> Probably too many to remember, but again, I love alliteration. Um, so the first one is select. Okay, The first step to growing out of the scarcity mindset and having a sufficiency mindset is select. The first step is to select a name for your scarcity mindset. Okay, You need to be able to work with this viewpoint you have. So in a way your viewpoint becomes like a persona. It's, it's, it's like a, a fear-driven way of being, right? It, so the first step is to come up with a name, a name that puts a little distance between your scarcity mindset and who you are. So come up with a fun name, something like Scarcity Susie or Scarcity Sam, right? Just some name so that, okay, now... Um, I can deal with this, okay? And maybe I should back up and say, even before you do these six steps, it really starts with the commitment. Like you really need to make a commitment that I want to not see the world through my own filters and my own projections, but I really do want to see the world the way it is. I don't want to see it through my experiences or through what people have told me or through whatever 
crap I've read online or whatever videos I've seen that you know just tell you that it's so hard to find someone and it's impossible to find someone after 40 and blah, blah, blah. I want to see the real truth, not my projections and not my beliefs. So it starts there. So I might ask you, are you willing to make that commitment to challenge your viewpoint and to change it? Because if you're not really committed to seeing the world as it is instead of seeing it through your filters and your beliefs and your stories, then then none of these six steps is going to work. Okay, so if you have that commitment, all right, then the first step is let's be let's have some fun with this. Give this scarcity mentality a name. It's a person you become. The scarcity mindset creates a way of being. Because scarcity Susie or scarcity Sam is going to say certain things. They believe certain things. They do certain things. They have a certain attitude. They have a certain energy, right? When you believe in scarcity, it, it, it changes you. You, yeah, you, you sort of become it in a way, right? So let's just give this way of looking at the world and the person that you become because of it, let's just give it a name to make it fun, all right? Scarcity Susie, Scarcity Sam, something like that. Number two, script, okay? The second step is to create a script. I mean this literally. I mean write this on paper. A script of words, phrases, and stories that Scarcity Susie or Scarcity Sam uses. Really get to know your scarcity persona, Like, what do I say? What do I remember myself saying to my friends or family members or co-workers about scarcity? What what are my go-to phrases when I'm in that mindset? What words, what phrases, what stories do I tell? Right? And so you want to sort of make a script for when Scarcity Susie or Scarcity Sam is running your life, when you're caught in this, like, what do you do? What do you say? How do you behave? What do you believe? Right? So again, I think I've shared this in another podcast, maybe not that long ago around Halloween, we talked about personas, is the idea is not to try to get rid of this. It's sort of to get closer to it, to make friends with the persona, to get to know it, to bring it out into the light. I think I remember saying, that a persona is like a vampire, right? They can only function in the dark when the sun's not shining. If they get exposed to the light, they die. So the way you let go of your scarcity mindset is sort of exposing it to the light, meaning write a script of all the things you say and do. When I'm scarcity Susie or scarcity Sam, this is what I do. This is what I say. This is how I act. This is the attitude it gives me. You know, this is the energy that I carry. This this is kind of how it, this is, yeah, this is what I turn into, okay? All right. Three, shift. This is where the rubber meets the road. And you can't do number three unless you do number two by making a script. When you write it down on paper, maybe even share it with family or friends or coworkers. Let me tell you about my scarcity persona. 
this is what I say. This is what I do. This is how I act. This is, these are my emotions. These are my attitudes, right? So you can't do number, you can't shift this until you do the script. Because one of the principles of conscious living is to realize that the opposite of our story could be as true or truer than the story we're currently telling. Scarcity is a story, right? Now, I know you think that it's true, but it's only based on your limited experience, right? Just because you haven't met the right one, that doesn't mean the right one isn't all around you, <laughs> right? Okay. So scarcity is a story that we tell ourselves, and then we believe it, and we project it out into the world, and we get it confirmed, Okay, but it's just a story. And one of the principles in the dating manifesto is that the opposite of our stories could be just as true because you're just making it up. You're making up scarcity, so why not make up sufficiency? So the way you shift is that you open up to the possibility that the opposite of scarcity could be as true or truer than my current belief. So what do you do? You take your script and you shift it by writing its opposite. For example, there are no good, good men or women in my area. Maybe that's something you've said to people. You know, there's just no, there's no really good quality people in my area. There's no good quality people in my sphere of uh, contacts. There's no good people, you know, wherever it is that I roam, Right? You shift by writing the opposite. There's an abundance of good quality men and women in my area. And you do this for every word or phrase or story or attitude or emotion in your script. You take all the things that you do when you're in a scarcity mindset and then you just write the opposite. You, you start to do the opposite. You remember that, that George Costanza um, scene in Seinfeld? where George is complaining to, to Jerry and Elaine and Kramer about, um, you know, everything he, every instinct he has is wrong. Everything he does is wrong. And he kind of quips, you know, I should just do the opposite of everything I ever think I should do. <laughs> and Jerry says, yeah, you ought to do the opposite of everything. And so at that moment, George sees a woman, or I think it's Elaine, sees a woman sitting at the cafe bar that appears to be looking at George. And she says, George, that woman's looking at you. And he, she's, he's like, shut up. Nobody looks at me and blah, blah, blah. And, and then I think maybe it's Elaine or, or someone says, you should go talk to her. And he's like, no way. I'm not going to talk to her. And then someone says, well, if every instinct you have is wrong, then doing the opposite of your natural instinct should be right. And so George says, you know what? You've got a point there. I would never go talk to that woman. But if every instinct I have is wrong, and he walks over and he says, hello, my name is George. I'm bald. I have no job. And I live with my mother. <laughs> That's what he says to her. And this beautiful blonde woman says, well, hello, George. Right? She's all into him. Right? It's hilarious. Well, in a sense, you get to be George here. You, you got the script. And you just do the opposite. You start saying the opposite things. In fact, 
the fourth step here is to speak, right? So you select a name, then you write a script, and then you shift by doing the opposite. And number four is you speak. You make the commitment to intentionally and verbally speak of abundance. Write affirmations. Post them on your bathroom mirror, on your refrigerator. Say them out loud to yourself. When you're out with your friends, actually say, wow, this place is packed with a bunch of people who I think would be great partners for me. I can't wait to meet all of them, right? The scarcity mindset person would never say that. Eh, Everybody in here is probably married, taken, or gay. You know, that's your sour negative attitude, right? So you shift by doing the opposite. Being George. Everything you would say, everything you would do as a scarcity mindset person, you start doing the opposite and you just fake it till you make it. Who cares? I mean, your scarcity mindset is just made up. The sufficiency mindset is just made up. It's all made up. But you get to choose which which viewpoint you want. But the way you but having said that, how you see the world does create your reality. The minute you start to really say, there's an abundance of partners for me, there's enough for me, there's sufficiency for me, you're going to start to see it. You're going to start to notice that there's more, that it's raining men. There's raining women. Hallelujah. Right? (laughs) That's what you're going to say. Right? So the fifth step is to see. Now, this is where I'm going to give you another little pointer here. I regularly encourage my clients to spend time in nature. Because if they really open their eyes and look at the world around them, they will see that the the nature of reality is sufficiency. The nature of reality is that everything has enough. Do the birds worry about finding worms? Do the trees fret about getting enough rain? Do grizzly bears agonize about the supply of salmon in the river? Go outside and see sufficiency. Go outside and see that everything is provided for, that there is enough for everyone and everything. And you'll begin to say, oh, there's enough for me too. And your, your heart and your spirit will begin to relax. You'll begin to be able to breathe. The sour mood will begin to go the courageousness you have to walk away from partners who aren't right for you will come come back to you, right? Everything's going to change. If you, if you do the step of going out in nature and really looking at the world around you. So number one, select a name. Two, write out your script when you're in this mindset. Three, shift and tell the opposite. Four, begin to do the opposite by speaking of abundance and enough and sufficiency. And then five, go out and see it and recognize you're just a part of this one life as anything else. You're no different than the tree or the bear or a squirrel or a bird. I mean, you're here too. You're a creature here too. And there's enough for you. If there's enough for them, there's enough for you. And sixth and finally, switch. Switch in a spirit of curiosity and wonder. Switch the question from where and how will I find the right partner to what are my barriers to love and how can I release them? 
switch. Eventually, make the switch from I got to find a partner, got to find a partner, got to find my soulmate, got to find the one. It's a needle in a haystack, right? There aren't many. They're all married, gay, or taken. You know, switch out of that to there. There's enough for me. And then turn your attention to how am I blocking it? How am I sabotaging it? And once you get there, that's when I can come in real handy as a coach. I'm really good at helping my clients identify the ways in which they're shooting themselves in the foot. I'm really good at that. I'll just admit that to you. I'm not good at everything. I'm good at that. And there's nothing more important to your love life than understanding how you have your foot on the brake. I mean, you're keeping yourself single in some way that you're not aware of. Are you or are you not interested in finding out what that is? It's not because there aren't enough good quality people in the world. That ain't it. There are. And you could do everything we just talked about to shift that perspective. And once you begin to see, okay, it's raining men, it's raining women. Well, then why am I single? It's not because it's not raining men and raining women. There's, there's, there's a bunch of available people out there in the world that would be good partners for me. Why am I not meeting them? Why am I not attracting them? If it's raining these kinds of people, then how, how come I'm not getting wet? <laughs> That's the question. And when you're ready to ask that question, to kind of look at yourself and look for your self-sabotaging behaviors and some of the unconscious ways that you're, that you're keeping yourself single and cutting yourself off from deep connections, call me. 407-687-3387 or email me, Roy at coachingwithroy.com. Let's set up a complimentary conversation. No pressure. I don't need to do that. I have plenty of clients. There's a sufficiency of clients in the world. So I'm not going to twist your arm. I'm not going to pressure you. Not do any of that. I want to get to know you. I want to hear what's happening for you. I want to explain my coaching program. And if you want to do this kind of work, then we'll do it. If it doesn't feel right to you, no worries. Simple as that. 407-687-3387 or Roy at coachingwithroy.com. All right. Let's let the weather girls take us out. And until next time. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.